This is the Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast, Episode 66. I'm your host, Brian Eastridge. Welcome to the podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com Podcast Network. The Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast. We take topics relevant to today's gun owners and tackle them from the perspective of law enforcement officers and concealed carriers. Today, I'm joined by Mike from DSM Safety. We're going to talk, don't shoot me. But first, a word from our sponsors, title sponsor of the podcast, XS Sites at XSSites.com, photoluminescent paint and tritium technology. Elite Survival Systems, newest podcast sponsor, products for your EDC needs since 1979. Don't just survive, thrive at EliteSurvival.com. CCW Safe, get 10% off your membership. Use code off duty tenant checkout. And as always, EDC Belt Company, edcbeltco.com. As always, the link is in the show notes. Congratulations to Phil H. I wonder if that's my old PPC buddy. He was last week's winner on the podcast, and he won the Ready Up Gear Ear Pro Belt Clip. Next week, uh, drawing for some Palm Pepper Spray, some good stuff. Got to sign up weekly to be eligible for... The Concealed Carry Podcast Giveaway. All right, let's bring in our guest. All right, welcome to the Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast for your inaugural episode, episode 66, and I titled it appropriately, Don't Shoot Me. (laughs) (laughs) So I got Michael Lessman. So uh, Mike Mike and I met at the uh, Revolver Roundup and had quite the... uh, quite the good time there, uh, in, you know, honor of the late Pat Rogers and, uh, going and reconnecting with, uh, I wouldn't call it ancient history, but definitely a part of, uh, a community that's in decline, I guess you would say crotchety old guys with wheel guns, snow beards with wheel guns. It was, uh, (laughs) it was a great time. And, uh, but we connected out there and, uh, uh, you were telling me about DSM safety, which I was familiar with, but I had never put a face to the company. So tell us, tell me like, what is it and what was the inspiration for it? Well, it's a, it's a critical incident identifier for, uh, we build it for law enforcement and, uh, security teams. And yeah. it, it's primary function is to stop uh, blue on blue or friendly fire incidents. Um, so we're dealing with, uh, plainclothes detectives or even off duty, uh, personnel that may get involved in a critical incident and to have a way to identify yourself, both front and back. Uh, we make them, uh, you know, bright colors, ANSI certified colors with reflective letters because, uh, majority of, uh, blue on blues, I think uh, when I researched it, it was like 68% of uh, blue on blues happened in diminished lit environments. Um, and the uh, inspiration for it was, uh, it was one of SWAT sergeants over at my agency. And um, we were doing the SWAT sergeants were giving basically just a kind of a, a pep talk, like a mindset um, uh, recharge of, of sorts after the Virginia Tech shooting. Um, and so this is around 2008 and, um, telling all the officers and one of my detectives in a graveyard briefing 
they were there late and, and, uh, he asked me, he says, Hey Mike, he says, uh, or actually, Hey Sarge, um, if I get involved in a mall shooting or a school shooting and I'm working, you know, plain clothes assignment or possibly off duty, what stops one of the County guys or the state highway patrolman guys that are, that are coming to this scene? There's no doubt about it. Um, what stops them from shooting me? And it was a great question. And at the time, the only thing we had was, Hey, just, you know, hold your badge up and keep yelling police. And, and I told, uh, uh, this detective, I says, it may not uh, be a great answer right now. It's the best that I have, but I'll start researching it for you and I'll come up with something. And it, it was a great question uh, that we really hadn't thought of. And as I was researching it, there was um, an off-duty officer in Westchester, New York, that was killed um, uh, during an affray with a homeless person. Um, and he ended up having a homeless person at at the gunpoint and um, uh, court officers had came out, didn't recognize him as an officer and ended up shot and killed him. Um, and that was kind of the, I really need to get this done. Uh, it was kind of a, kind of a, a kick in the behind to me to, to go, Hey, um, you know, make this happen. And so uh, it took me about a year to figure out all the ins and outs and, and putting it together and making it cop proof uh, and, um, and making it so that everything was, uh, operational with the support hand being that, uh, you know, under the, um, uh, the thoughts of that, your primary hand would be occupied by a, a, a handgun. Well, you sent me one and, uh, I I'm not going to lie. My girlfriend kind of made fun of me cause I was practicing with it. I was just seeing how it deployed, uh, and where I was going to carry it and, and, uh, you sent me the soft pouch version, uh, that has yeah, some pocket like, pouch. Yeah. Pocket pouch. And, uh, she was kind of getting a chuckle out of how, uh, you know, it was like going from Clark Kent to Superman in a little bit, you know, right. like, woof. And, uh, I'd throw it over and then I was checking to make sure, okay, is it going to get in the way of my mag pouch or my, my holster? Or, you know, am I going to have to, you know, are there any like other concerns that I'm going to have if I carry this, that it could tangle up in my gear or whatever. And, and I was quite impressed with it. It was like, Oh, Hey, this deploys really quickly, really easily. And, uh, I don't have to worry about where I'm carrying my stuff. Cause you know, I'm a creature of habit as most cops are. And, you know, I don't want to add something that's going to make me have to adjust where I carry my gun on the belt or, or, or any of that. And, and all of those concerns went away and, uh, and she got some really good entertainment out of it. So there was, <laughs> there was that aspect. So, so what yeah, does the, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, just a, a little bit of, uh, one of the things that we had a fight from the early days was the, uh, kind of the beauty quack, uh, beauty queen sash, uh, stigma. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things, there's a trade-off. It, it was kind of like, okay, how do we deploy this from our uh, support side, uh, give both front and back identification, um, and not have it go diagonally across the uh, center mass? Because, and again, the reason why we looked at center mass was that's where all the policemen are trained to shoot, is, you know, shoot center mass. So, well, let's put something on center mass that'll make you kind of just put 
a momentary tap the brakes type type mm-hmm. uh, uh, scenario. Um, and so uh, we finally came out instead of kind of fighting it, we just uh, went with it and basically said, Hey, it's the sash that'll save your ass. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, yeah, you might look like, you know, like, uh, you know, Miss Oklahoma for, uh, for 20 minutes or, or 15 minutes, but guess what? You get to go home. Uh, yeah. You know, somebody didn't put, you know, a piece of hot lead into you, uh, mistaken you for, uh, for a bad guy. Yeah. And uh, there've been a couple of blue on blue incidents here in the news recently. I, I don't have them in front of me, but uh, uh, one of the, one of the ones for me that uh, it, it kind of inspired me to do a little looking into products and uh, was, I believe it was Utah, the park city mall was an off duty officer there. Trolley square. Trolley square. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, My, my old boss actually, uh, I walked into the room while he was having a conference call with that, that gentleman. And, uh, you, you know, one, he asked him, you know, de- kind of give me a, a the down and dirty debrief on w- what changed for you. And, and, uh, he's one of the first things he said was, well, I'd never considered getting shot by my own people that had never crossed my mind until that incident. And he was able, the, the second part was he was able to finish the fight on the last round in his gun. And he said, you know, I was carrying the typical, you know, like a G 26 or something, something to that effect, 10 rounds. Yeah. I'm just shopping with my family. And he's like, I went out the next day, I bought a Glock 19, a fanny pack and like seven magazines. And, and then he said, and then I started thinking about how am I going to show my credentials if this happened again? And, uh, even he at that point didn't really have a, have a good answer for it. So, and I think that was before your company launched. That was, gosh, that was like 2005 or six, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, prior to our launching, it was, uh, also one of the things that we, uh, that we looked at, um, uh, of active shooter possible close to blue on blue. Uh, um, one of the things that, that saved the, uh, the off duty officer on that was, um, he was a patrol officer from Ogden, Utah, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, celebrating his um, anniversary with his wife over at the Cheesecake Factory um, when they hear the shots. And his wife was a dispatcher. Um, he hears the shots, basically tells his wife, Hey, I'm going to go see what that is, call us in. And so she knows all the ins and outs and gives, you know, husband's descriptions and all that stuff. And and, uh, of course you're in a mall with, you know, hundreds of people, um, shots start ringing out. Well, there's more than one person calling nine one one. Um, and so he's able to pin this guy down, um, into the, I think the store was called a candle barn, um, and, uh, shooting at him from down from the second deck to the first deck. Um, all the information that the wife had given on the phone had all made it into dispatch, but they were receiving so many phone calls that that information never made it out. Um, the first officer on scene um, is a, I believe a, um, one of their gangs slash SWAT sergeants uh, that comes in on the lower deck and he spots the off duty officer but the first thing that comes to mind, he, he sees kind of a high and tight, 
and then sees the guys moving like he's professionally trained um, mm-hmm. and realizes that's probably a policeman. Now, if he was, let's say, a off-duty narcotics cop, yeah, may not have been the same outcome. Um, but yeah, we, uh, um, I had interviewed uh, the officer. I talked to the sergeant on. Uh, I went there on a, a counterterrorism training thing where uh, we had a, uh, a retired chief of police out of Israel come and and talk to us on some uh uh counterterrorism type things and i ended up meeting the sergeant uh there um now we've talked about the inspiration behind it what are some things that the average concealed carrier because now you've you've transitioned from a badge toter to uh armed populace what are some things that you can maybe do to avoid having uh having the good guys mistake you well it's um uh you know different i i really have had to shift gears um you know a totally different mindset and and (laughs) you'll you'll uh you'll come to the realization of this brian where we're uh you know we're like the the dogs that chase that chase after the tennis ball you know i mean you you know tennis ball being a crook um, you know, you want to, you know, chase them down. Cause that's, that's our job. Um, where, when you go into the retirement mode where you're basically a, a well-trained CCW person, um, things change. Um, you know, you realize that, uh, um, it's more of a self-defense thing, more of a, a defensive, uh, position that you now take versus an, an offensive position. Um, and, uh, and so kind of interesting, you know, I mean, one of the big things is, uh, uh, you know, uniform on arrives on scene. He is king. Um, don't argue, don't, you know, I mean, if you have the ability and I've heard this talk before, um, if you have the ability to holster your, your weapon prior to the arrival of, uh, of law enforcement, um, great. Uh, and if you lucky enough or skilled enough to have a central nervous system, you know, hit and, and put the guy out of the fight immediately, uh, well, then, you know, you can blow the smoke from the muzzle of your barrel and, and holster type deal. Right. Uh, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, all joking aside, um, and, and holster, uh, the problem is, is, um, as we know, handgun, uh, projectiles are, are pretty poor man stoppers. Um, and sometimes what you have is the, uh, um, the suspect falling down, uh, screaming like a girl, uh, flopping like a fish and down there amongst them is that gun. Um, and if he's still controlling the gun, well, you know, it's, and, and you still feel for your safety, obviously he deserves another helping. Um, but if he separates from the gun and he's just down there flopping like a fish, um, I I just don't see holstering the weapon at that point. You know, it's, it's, uh, unless you can get behind a good piece of cover. Um, so, and again, uh, you know, fighting tunnel vision, fighting auditory exclusion. Um, you know, we've all been, uh, it's, it's always interesting to me as you, you know, go to the range and forget your earmuffs and fire off around and, and your, your hearing is, uh, you know, just ringing. Um, 
but then go hunting and, and, you know, fire shot with a rifle at a deer and guess what? There's no ringing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just kind of interesting. And it's just things that you have to, uh, that you have to think about. Um, I think if you could have a, uh, you know, gather a greeting party to, you know, to meet the police, um, the one thing that the, uh, the banner does do is it gives you front and back identification. It does, does give you a, a status position. Uh, matter of fact, I was just talking to one of my, uh, academy mates that, uh, he was one of the first, uh, of our academy to get into an OIS and he was off duty working a security detail and, uh, stopped a guy, um, shoplifting a carton of cigarettes. Yeah. And the guy looked at him and he had like this just weird smile. And, uh, my buddy's grabbing his right, ha- right arm in a position of advantage going, Hey, you need to come back into the store. And, um, this guy is left-handed draws from a shoulder holster on the left-hand side and, uh, lung shoots my buddy. Um, my buddy's able to push him off, um, basically just about empty. I think he shot 11 of 12 rounds in a, uh, an old Smith 669 or 6906, um, kills the guy dead and uh i believe he hit him with eight of 11 rounds um well then he was getting challenged by citizens that oh you just shot this guy and he's like no i'm an off-duty cop working security and they're like oh because my friend was fairly uh uh young looking at the time, well, we're all young looking, uh, we're coming out of the Academy. We're in our early to mid twenties right. and, um, uh, and gets challenged on that. He's not a policeman. So he pulls out his wallet and throws it on the ground with his badge and rest of his paycheck that was in his wallet, just kind of oh, floated no. down the street in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, um, so it was pretty interesting. Uh, he just told me the story. He goes, you know, this would have saved me a ton of money. And a, uh, I think he had some sort of um, uh, lottery ticket or something like that in there that he swears would have, <laughs> would have had him retire for the rest of his life if he would still have it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Right. And so it's one of those things that it uh, – and that's why we're – we are uh, very particular. We have a very, very strong vetting procedure. Uh, if you go on the website um, and uh, and order one of these, we we will not send it to just anyone. Um, you have to vet your. You have to send us basically. Uh, well, uh, local, state law law enforcement officers basically have to send a copy of their creds. Any type of thing that they want blacked out is fine. I just want an agency, a picture, and a name. Um, and it has to be sent from your agency email address. It can't be a hotmail or Gmail or anything like that. Right. Um, feds have a little bit of a different, uh, um, a different procedure just because they're not allowed to make copies of their credentials. And so we generally do a copy of the business card or an extended back and forth email to, uh, you know, whatever it may be, FBI.gov or, or whatever the email, uh, um, uh, you know, agency email address would be. Um, okay. So what about for the concealed carrier for the armed populace? Uh, you know, those that are not out looking for, uh, looking for trouble, so to speak. Uh, do you you have anything that addresses that? 
you know, we're, um, we're getting ready to launch uh, a brand new company. Uh, we've launched a company, but we, uh, we haven't uh, launched a product yet. That's going to be launched in, um, well, in about two weeks at SHOT Show. Um, new company's name is uh, Acid Systems. Uh, it's uh, Acid with two C's, two I's. It's A C C I I D Systems, um, and it stands for uh, Armed Citizen Critical Incident ID. Um, it's a new system. It looks nothing like the DSM safety banner, and the reason why we uh, we wanted to. Uh, be different because we didn't want any type of crossover misidentification. We didn't want anybody saying, well, he's trying to look like an off-duty police officer or anything like that. We wanted something that's totally separate, but just as effective. Um, and I sent you uh, a, a few you know, photos of the, uh, the system and how it, uh, it self-contains in its own wallet uh, about the size of a smartphone. Um, we're going to have a version that will say um, just armed citizen. The, the one that I sent you doesn't have any letters on it yet, but in the orange field on the front of it and on the back of it, on the black back placard, the front placard is kind of the wallet that's kind of unfurled. Um, it'll have letters on it, uh, dark reflective letters that'll say armed citizen, or I think we're going to do one that says a CCW permit. Um for those, uh, you know, for those CCW people that are out there that do find themselves in a critical incident, um, this doesn't, it's not exactly the same as the DSM because the DSM gives you a little bit of status. Um, it, it identifies like your church security guy uh, given directions to evacuate the church or something like that. Um, where this doesn't, this acts more as what I call kind of a flare gun. Uh, you know, let's say your 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 ship is just capsized and you're in a uh, uh, you're in a raft and you need help. Um, so it kind of doesn't doesn't give that any type of status, but it does identify you as a um, you know legally armed citizen that's been in a critical incident and that needs some assistance. Um, and so it's it's kind of a hey, I'm over here. I've been the victim of a crime. And uh, um, I need some assistance, uh, you know, before I can leave the scene. Um, and so it's it's more of a um, almost like a dance card identifier uh, for the cop arriving on scene where, you know, you, we've all been to the cases where, you know, we get called to some type of, uh, you know, nothing, nothing is a, as it appears. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get that call and uh, you get there and is the armed guy, the bad guy, the good guy, you know, um, and you really you don't know um, because nobody nobody has any type of identifier. Um, And so the same thing we'll do with uh, with the acid system uh, is uh, people will be vetted. Um, You'll have to upload a copy of your your CCW um, uh, before we'll, we'll ship you one. Yeah. Um, and we're just trying to, trying to keep everybody safe, I guess, is the, uh, um, just kind a, of the underlying, the underlying, uh, theme here. Yeah. Like an added layer. I like it. Right. It, it, yeah. The, uh, so you're launching at shot show. So I guess this, this will publish about a week before shot show kicks off actually Thursday. So, 
week and a half before SHOT Show kicks off. So everybody's going to get a little teaser. So what's your booth number at SHOT Show? Where can we find you at SHOT? You knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> I figured that's what you and were I, looking for over there. It was so funny because I, I just recently wrote it down and I was like, here it is. It's booth number 20436. Well, and uh, I've been in the same room. DSM safety has been in the same room for about uh, probably four or five years. I've been going to SHOT Show. Uh, our, our first attendance at SHOT Show was um, – January, I believe, 2010, and uh, we were out in the hallway. <laughs> what a yeah. table! Um, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, we uh, we don't have any room for you left in the. Um, uh, this is before NN, uh, NSSF had taken it over, and uh, I don't even remember who was running it before. But we don't have any room for you in a you know, um, in one of the uh, display rooms but we got a couple of tables that we can sit out in the hallway for you. It's like, is there any break in price? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've found some, uh, some rather good goodies down there in that hallway. I know the one you're talking about because every year I see, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good products that end up in that hallway that just, they haven't made it to one of the other rooms yet. So uh, right. So, you know, starting companies, everybody, uh, you'll see people with some really good ideas yeah. um, that are, you know, brand new companies and, and they're out there. And, uh, um, you know, currently, uh, at least the last I checked um, two years ago, it was a five year wait to get a table at shot. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh it is quite a massive, uh, operation there. And this will be my third year, third time going. And, uh, I haven't been since 2018. So kind of looking forward to that. And I'll be out there with concealed carry ink. So, uh, you know, any of, any of the loyal listeners that are going to be at shot, hit me on Facebook through the, uh, off duty on duty page or, you know, through my personal page there. And, uh, well, I'll be out doing some in booth interviews and, uh, hopefully, uh, going to make it over to booth two zero four three six and, uh, have a chat with Michael here, uh, and get a look at maybe do a little, uh, little video promo on the, uh, the launch of acid and, uh, DSM safety. So, well, any other, uh, final thoughts you got, we've been, we've been going about 30 minutes and, uh, it's a Tuesday, so <laughs> it, is, it is a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it's um, um, yeah. No, we've uh, you know DSM. We still uh, you know keep evolving. Um, you know banners. Uh, you know started out with just reflective letters, and then uh, I had a retired NYPD officer who was the range master for Connecticut Post. Okay. Um, and uh, he called me. He goes, "Hey, I love the banner. This and that." He goes, "We've been using it at uh, at some of our active shooter um, uh, scenarios." And he says, uh, "At about you know thirty yards, you start to lose the reflective color of the letter and the um, and the high vis yellow color kind of start blending." He goes, "I don't really know the science on what's causing that." He says, "But but it's uh, maybe put a dark background behind the letters and." You know, we looked and we were like, well, 
we really want the eye catching as much, you know, high vis yellow green that we could get on the product just because it's going to catch your eye. And so I'm sitting there talking um, with this retired officer on the phone and, um, and I just got a Sharpie out and I started doing a, you know, just a line around the letters just to do an outline and see if it would make a difference. And um, we're sitting up in our um, summer place up in Montana and I got out and, and uh, just started doing distance and asking the wife, who's also a retired officer, um, hey, let me know when you lose sight of one and, and when you can still see the other one and how far out we can go. And, and um, it doubled the uh, visual acuity of, oh, wow. uh, you know, where, yeah, it went from uh, basically kind of blending out to uh, making it all the way out to like 70 yards where you can still see the letters and still um um uh you know catch the uh the outline of the letters uh making it sharper in uh, contrast and so you know we've been doing that since 2014 for the first four years we uh, uh we hadn't done that and after um getting this uh, you know kind of like hey have you ever thought of um and putting that together and the same with um cases you know when we first started making we make some inside the waistband uh, uh clip cases um that came from us uh one of the um french um plainclothes surveillance units out of their uh, police agency uh contacted us and said hey um could you make this into a inside the waistband type system you know european clothes a little bit tighter fitting and we don't want something sitting on the outside of our um um, the outside of our belt line. Um, and so we did, we, we started putting stuff together with that and, um, uh, saying, and it was the same as the same type of case as the pocket case that you received, but it had a, um, a thin plastic lining in it to assist with the, uh, deployment. But then what we found was that when you had that stiff plastic liner, it was uncomfortable inside the waistband and it was actually uncomfortable as a pocket case. And so we peel that out and started, um, uh, started making soft cases, soft inside the waistband cases, uh, soft pocket cases. And so we're, we're constantly, you know, trying new things, evolving, um, you know, coming up with, uh, with new ideas. Uh, matter of fact, it was, um, a colleague of um, of Rogers that had called me from NYPD uh, and said, "Hey, uh, we're with the you know I'm assigned to JTTF. Could you make something? Uh, we we love the DSM banner, but sometimes we get out of the car in plain clothes with rifles, and uh, we don't want to get gunned down by you know somebody thinking we're doing a bank takeover, right?" Um, uh, you know, by a, a patrolman, because there's, you know, there's not a, a patrol rifle program at NYPD. Basically, it's your, you know, your SWAT guys and your, your, your ESU guys and your heavy weapons guys. Um, and so they were really worried about, you know, even if they had the DSM safety banner on, if once they had a go bag sling on and a rifle sling, that um, uh, that the DSM wouldn't be able to clearly be seen. And so they, they uh, contacted me and said, hey, could you build something? Um, that goes over a sling that would have the same uh, attributes of the DSM safety banner. And of course we were like, yeah, sure. We can, you know, we can wing something, put something together. And of course now we have the DSM safety sling sleeve 
um, that's uh, that we've had you know, one agency out of um, uh, on the East Coast basically ordered 3,000 of them because whenever their officers are uh, deploying to a critical incident, they're to take their go bag, um, whether they're taking their rifle or not. Um, and so it gives that even they're, they're in uniform, but it still gives them that further distance uh, identification yeah. with um, uh, to be seen, you know, in a dark, darkened back uh, um, aisle of, uh, of Walmart. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so anyway, um, we, we basically try to come up with new stuff for police officers all the time and, and, you know, law enforcement and, uh, uh, trying to constantly evolve and, and, um, you know, can't stay stagnant. You know, you, you have to constantly evolve. Well, where do we get a hold of you? Um, website is dsmsafety.com. So that's David Sam Mary safety.com. Well, thanks, Michael. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at shot at booth two zero four three six. And, uh, we'll, we'll get some, uh, hopefully get some footage and, uh, get some, new product information episode 66 don't shoot me a reminder check out today's sponsors excess sites elite survival system ccw safe edc belt company and sign up for concealed carry podcast giveaway link is in the show notes if you haven't already please subscribe on itunes google play spotify or wherever you like to listen to podcasts the off-duty on-duty podcast is a production of eastridge training and consulting llc eastridge training and consulting llc presents the following content for educational purposes only Always take proper precautions, follow all firearm safety rules, consult with a competent firearms instructor, and have trained medical staff on hand when operating live firearms. Legal content, commentary, or explanations do not constitute legal advice. We are not attorneys and recommend always consulting with competent legal counsel when researching or seeking to understand laws and legal application. Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC, its participants, partners, and affiliates are not liable for any action taken based on the content of this shared podcast.